0: And Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being with the show, at least for part of your morning. We have got a lot to get to, starting with the consumer price index and inflation, 8.5%. We are still near a 40-year high, but things are improving a bit, which is good news for the American people. Um, Will we continue in that direction? Let's hope that that's the case. So, I want to get to what this all means and what people are saying about it right out of the gate, let you hear from some of the experts. Um, Let's start with an ABC report. This is uh, prices still going up. I've got a list of some of these as well.
1: What are some things that are going up? You still have higher prices for food, rent, which is 40 percent of this index Mm. going up as well. Medical care, new cars, furniture, all of those things still moving higher. So
0: this is um, part of the issue that we've been talking about forever, especially here in the Phoenix area, that the housing prices have gone up dramatically because of a housing shortage. It's a supply and demand issue. So we have a lot of jobs being created, but people are not able to keep up with the rising prices. Uh, There's a story beef is going to stay high. Here's why. Um, But this, eggs jump in price 47 percent. Food inflation soars. So eggs have increased 47 percent over last year. Um, butter is up 26% year over year, packaged bread, 15%, frozen meals, 23%, frozen pizza, 18%. Overall food prices are up 14% year over year through July. Um, you know, for people myself, like myself, I live alone. And so it's, I can compromise or do whatever and work around things. And it's not, it's not damaging to me in that sense because I live by myself, And I I keep thinking back to when I was young, and I think about being raised by a single mom, and you think you have so many things that are out of your control. And if things don't go your way, when you're in that financial situation, you could be ruined. And when I look around now and you hear about the numbers of families that are getting food assistance – and you talk to anybody at the food banks, whether it's St. Mary's or United in the East Valley, um, they have a bigger demand and they are having less and less people that are able to help. I don't think that there's a lack of willingness. I know one thing about being here in Arizona. Um, there is not a lack of willingness to help. People help here. If they see someone that has an issue, they'll help them with that issue if they can. And this is what worries me more than anything else is those working class families The people that work so hard every day just to keep their heads above water. You know, you drive by a construction site – and it's not the the trained, skilled workers who usually make a, a nice living. It's entry level workers and the people that are just starting out, you know, and they're working hard and they're trying hard and they're the ones that are driving cars that aren't so nice. But those are the people that find themselves in a place where it's like, man, I am busting my butt 40 hours plus a week. And I mean, literally working my butt off. I'm working so hard and. I'm not able to keep up. There is there's very little that's more demoralizing than that. When you feel, when you work hard and you get a paycheck that you now can live your life with, there's a sense of satisfaction in being self-sufficient. The old adage, I don't have much, but what I have is mine. Th- there is pride in that. You know, why does somebody that drives a car that's 15 or 20 years old keep it clean? Why do they? Why, do, why would you wash a car that old? It's because it's mine. That's why because I bought this with my own money. This is my car. And that sense of pride. We lived in ratty apartments for a long time when I was a kid, but it was always clean. It was always clean. Um, you know, uh, poor doesn't mean criminal. Poor doesn't mean dirty. Poor. I mean, these, it, you, it just, it's a state of uh, you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of money. That doesn't mean that you can't excel. And I just feel for those people that are trying to make ends meet. If you're a single mom, if you're a family, a working class family where you have always tried to do the right thing. Everybody makes mistakes, but you've always tried to do the right thing, and now you find yourself still trying to do the right thing and figuring out which of you parents is going to get another job so that you can just put food on the table. You work a full week as a parent or as parents. You work your tail off all week long, and yet you find yourself on Wednesday or Thursday going to get a food box because you don't have food to get through to your next paycheck. And this is a reality for people. Um, it is when prices go up, there are a lot of things. When you look at stuff and you see how expensive they are, and you're like, man, I really like that, but I'm not spending that kind of money on that. We're not talking about restaurants that are pricing customers out of being able to or being willing to go into those restaurants. Now what we're talking about is people that are just trying to get pa- get by. You're you are now buying less quality. You're buying smaller amounts. And you're trying just to get by. And for any parent, having to tell your child no to something that you know is valuable for your child, it hurts a parent. I mean, it's something that really bothers a parent to have to tell their child no. Now, sometimes it's essential. Let's be honest. if We give our kids everything. But honestly, Little League, Piano Lessons. Dance lessons, whatever it is that benefits your child that you know would be great for your child, and you just can't. It's not that you don't want to. You can't. And yet you're working so hard. That's what's tough that's what's tough. Rebecca Jarvis over at ABC talks about how Americans are not feeling the effects of lower inflation.
1: One of the issues here is that while prices are not going up as quickly, most Americans still aren't feeling lower inflation because their paychecks aren't keeping up. With prices up 8.5% over the last 12 months, wages are up 5.2%. So there's a disconnect there. And the Federal Reserve is aware of this. They are looking at future rate hikes to try to Stabilize prices.
0: So here we are. Rate hikes. We're going to start, and that, what that means also is that you're slowing down the economy when you raise the rates. So we are and now experts are predicting we are going into a recession. It's going to happen if we're not already in one, and most people feel like we are. It, we are, it, but that word is a political word. It's a technical word, and they keep changing the definition, which makes it political. And uh, when we see a retraction, and this is where. You're going to see owners of businesses. I had an interesting conversation. I watched an interesting conversation um, during the push for the tax cuts during the previous administration. So I watched uh, Vice President Pence talk with small business owners. I was in kind of a, a – a, it was a restaurant setting, very small and intimate, and he was speaking with different small business owners from different industries and what they would do and how they would benefit from a, from a tax cut and uh, there was a dentist in the room and I wish I could remember his name but it was really fascinating to hear him talk about how his business, how he's trapped in this sense that he does not control, the insurance companies control what they pay him for his services. He cannot control how much he has to spend on the equipment and the tools he needs for his trade. The price is the price he can't control those prices and he can't control the paybacks from the insurance company so he's kind of limited in that regard. The only area he was able to control was wages. And so he said, if I got this tax cut, if I was able to keep more of my money, I would give, I wouldn't expand the size of my practice, but I would give my employees a well-deserved raise. So it's not always that employers don't want to pay you more. Sometimes they can't pay you more. And in a situation like we're in now, if we see a retraction, if we continue to see these elevated prices, but we also start to see a retraction of the economy – There's going to be a lot of employers that have to make very hard decisions, and the only thing, the saving grace of what's happening with everything that's going on right now is that we still have a really strong jobs market. If it wasn't for that, this would be a downward spiral, and we better hope – for for everybody out there that is not a big fan of this administration, I'm one of those people. I don't wish the worst on them because it's going to be the worst for America. If we have a downward spiral of jobs, if we start to see layoffs, well, what that also means is lower wages because employers don't have to now fight for the wage earner, you know, the worker, the workforce. They can put the job up for what they deem affordable. And it's going to be more of a you know a buyer's market than a seller's market when it comes to an hourly wage earner. That's the only thing that's propping us up on any level is the fact that even though you're not keeping up with inflation with your pay increases, you are getting pay increases. What happens when that side hustle isn't there? What happens when prices stay elevated and there's predictions that it's going to stay elevated? What happens when prices stay elevated and you can't find that second job to get you through? we've got too many rideshare drivers or food delivery drivers They're the side hustles are starting to dry up then what happens then you see people falling through the cracks in much higher numbers so you know for those of us that are looking at what's going on economically and saying you know this is a this is a train wreck and you know but you're kind of enjoying the fact that the president's poll numbers are low i don't want to see you know i i'm not you're, you know i've been pretty clear i'm not voting for this president But I don't want to see the country crash and burn. I don't want to see a a drop-off because people can't find that side hustle. At least now they can if they need to. Shouldn't have to, but they can. What happens when those dry up? And that's my biggest concern is you keep raising interest rates and you start seeing industries slow down and they stop hiring and then they start laying off people. You're going to see a different kind of fall-off. It's going to be a different kind. Coming up in a moment, we're going to get you updated on what now experts are saying in both political parties about the raid. And I'm not supposed to use that word. It was a a service of a warrant at the president's home in Florida. Is this as ugly as some people are predicting? We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you being here. Uh, The update on what happened in... in Mar-a-Lago, where the president's home was raided by the FBI, a search warrant was signed up. I am ta- I have been talking with people behind the scenes. People on both sides of the political aisle are talking about this. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the Democrat candidates for President Andrew Yang talked about how this corrupt this seems or how political this seems. Of all people, if you thought about it in the media, there were a couple of people that had a big disdain for President Trump publicly. One of them, I believe, was Chris Cuomo, who I know a little bit. And uh, and even Chris came out and said, this is bad. This is really bad. And when you look at what's happening, more and more people are saying you can't weaponize the federal government. Now, again, I am not settled on anything. Um, but the fo- a former acting attorney general was on yesterday on television talking about this. And uh, his his last name is Whitaker. His name is Matt Whitaker and was an acting attorney general. And some of the things he had to say. Uh, this is um, this is him again, echoing the sentiment of something that was said on this show. Both of my guest yesterday.
2: A dramatic ex- escalation for something that really could have been handled much differently. You know, they they could have sent a subpoena uh, for these documents that they believe exist at Mar-a-Lago. I, I just think that sending thirty FBI agents um, seems to be a really a misallocation of resources when you have uh, you know our nation cities experiencing violent crime and when you have uh you know a a, a, a crunch uh, just generally across federal law enforcement to try to uh handle all of the issues that we have
0: and it's not just that they sent fbi agents that is of course the truth but it wasn't agents from the miami field office these were federal agents from the washington field office So – and and I talked – again, I had a conversation with someone that spent over 30 years in the FBI and spent 13 years working out of the Washington field office and said it is very rare that you would see something like this, that the Washington field office or any field office would be going into somebody else's territory and affecting a a search like this. That normally what you would do is you would send a couple of the Washington case agents down, and the case agents would assist, but the Washington field office – would affect the search, the raid. So there's a lot going on. And so all the naysayers yesterday, everybody that is out there saying, well, of course you're defending Trump. I didn't defend Trump on a lot of issues. I'm defending the way we should expect people to behave. That's what I'm defending. Are we gonna weaponize? Do we wanna, and I'm, there's no one more pro-law enforcement than I am. But even cops that I'm talking to are saying, this doesn't make any sense. I want you to hear this. It's a little long. It is Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham asked the questions about this that I think are are fair. And again, Lindsey Graham is another person that has not always seen eye to eye with the president. He is also the former president. He has also been someone who has been in the middle of the firestorm and and has really gotten the full anger from the president.
1: Here's what Graham said. Well, I think every Republican, including myself, should be calling on the Attorney General to justify the raid on the former President of the United States' home, the likely nominee for 2024, tell the country why you had to do this, why you couldn't use a subpoena, why it was necessary, and what the hell you're looking for. That's not too much this. I know normally you don't do that, but normally you don't open up investigations of former presidents. Again, here we go again. I live through crossfire hurricane. I lived through the Mueller investigation. The FISA court rebuked the Department of Justice for providing false information to the court to obtain a warrant against Carter Page. Is it plausible the same people would be going after Trump again 90 days before the midterms? So the pathway for President Trump to become the nominee is much wider now than it was yesterday. The likelihood of him being reelected is greater than it was yesterday, because if you got some Something that is really so compelling, you had to go into the man's home with guns drawn to get the information. Tell the American people, to every Republican listening to me, we should be clamoring and demanding answers to the questions of why they had to raid President Trump's home 90 days before an election.
0: And I would go a little further and say it shouldn't just be Republicans. It should be everyone because it could happen. If you're going to weaponize this, what happens? What would happen? How would you feel? Are the people out there that do not like, do not trust President Trump? If he gets reelected, what if he did? What if the same thing happens on his watch? Are you going to say he's weaponizing the FBI? Of course you are. Andrew Yang, former Democrat candidate for president. Two things he tweeted. I'm no Trump fan. I want him as far away from the White House as possible. But a fundamental part of his appeal has been that it's him against a corrupt government establishment. This raid strengthens that case for millions of Americans who will see this as an unjust persecution. Another tweet from Andrew Yang. It seems like this was authorized by a local judge and a particular FBI office without buy in or notification of higher levels of government. But literally no one will believe that or that make that distinction. It's probably bureaucratic, but it seems political. This is from a guy that can't stand Donald Trump. So. When you The reason why I think this is going to become a, a, an even bigger story is I watched what happened in the Mueller investigation and how convoluted and corrupt all of that was with Russian collusion and the people that wrote that uh, – wrote the dossier and how they worked with someone that was uh, – whose, whose husband worked in the Justice Department. It was – the whole thing was dirty and every check and balance that there is supposed to be was wiped out. And we all should be concerned about this. I mean, this should be an American concern, not just a concern because you, uh, you're you political. And I wish there was a way we could erase those politics. Gatos joins me in a moment. We're going to have our big Q poll question of the day. And then just after 9 o'clock, we are going to be joined by uh, Republican Senate candidate Blake Masters. All that is just coming up here in just a few moments.
1: The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
2: Hey, good morning, Gatos. Ah, good morning. We're uh, busing uh, asylum seekers out of Arizona.
0: Yep. Sending them to New York and D or sending them to D.C.
2: Yeah. You know, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, geez, what a cheap thing. to Like, it's such a cheap pop. It's one of those, you know, you mm-hmm. uh, know. I think I kind of like it now. Well, I got to tell you, it's gotten
0: I their it attention. It's gotten yeah. their attention. And I think part of it was that.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't. Listen, I don't want to use these people as pawns. You know, I don't want to stick them on a bus and send them somewhere where they're not going. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's that's just mean. Um, but apparently they have to, you know, say, listen, I that, I want to get on this bus and go. All right. Um, but, uh, my cue is, uh, buses, uh, sending asylum seekers from Arizona to DC cost $80,000 per trip. Is it worth it? Yes or no? I don't know. I guess we've already spent 3 million bucks on it, but, yep. um, I've kind of come around on it. I thought it was, uh, I-, I thought it was kind of a lame stunt by Ducey. And I, I, I think it's turned into something different and maybe he didn't realize that this was going to happen, but he's ticking off a whole lot of people. Back east, and uh, now they feel our pain. Now you know what you know. The mayor of Yuma feels like, right. or all these churches around, you know, the border feel like, or well, all these nonprofits.
0: And you know, here I've talked about this quite often. Six days a week, buses show up at Sky Harbor Airport at the Sky Train Station at 44th Street, and mm-hmm. they uh, go into the airport and they're flying all over the country. The federal government has been using its tax dollars or tax dollars, state taxes, federal taxes. They've been bussing and flying people all over the yep. country. Millions of people.
2: Yeah, they've been doing that for years. Yes, absolutely. Usually what they do is they put them on a plane somewhere. But, yeah, from what was kind of a cheap stunt, I think it's, uh, you know, like the mayor of New York was all ticked off. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, good. Good, because you didn't think it was a problem a couple months ago because you're not anywhere near the border. Now you know it's a problem because you know some of these people are in, in your city and you're not really sure what to do with them. So you know, maybe it was uh, a hard lesson for some of these uh, people that aren't right on the border uh, uh, to learn. So it was, I, I did a 180 on it. I, I actually think it, it – I don't think Ducey – did it for that reason. I just think it worked out in his favor.
0: I, I think that uh, listening to those two mayors uh, petition the federal government and ask them to help do something about this, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. I think that was the point that needed to be made.
2: Yeah. Oh, poor babies. You don't right. like exactly people come over the border and go into your, well, what do you think we've been dealing with? Yeah,
0: you've got a couple of thousand people in your city now or whatever. Yeah. It's hundreds, but we, this is something Arizona and Texas faces every single day. So every day, welcome to our world. Yep, love it. All right, Gatos, good question, and I look forward to tomorrow as always. I'll be here. See you. Thanks, Gatos. The big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. And it makes a great point. You go to KTAR.com. You can weigh in and also see how other people voted. uh going to be a fun conversation just after 9 o'clock. The elections heat up as we sprint from the primary toward the general election. We are going to speak with Republican senatorial candidate Blake Masters. I'm interested to find out more about the candidate and what he plans on doing. That's coming up next.